Let's go. Hey, everybody. What's up? It's the Pinstripe Pals, Chris and Ian. Coming back for episode 14. Uh, finally, baseball is back. We haven't both talked to you guys since uh, before I left for Tampa and since, you know, the lockout um, has been back. So hope everyone is doing great. Hope everyone is super excited that baseball is back. We have spring training already started. Opening day is less than three weeks away. A lot of baseball to look forward to and a, a lot of things still to look forward to in the off season. Still a decent amount of names out there, whether it's uh, free agent wise or in the trade market. Um, obviously, certain names are off the board that the Yankees were interested in. Especially one that I was interested in that I was very excited about and I I blew it. I I, I ruined it for everybody. Yes. And I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to dive right into our reactions on all, all the players that, you know, have been dealt, have been signed. So we're going to get right to it with, you know, the biggest uh, the biggest two, you know, we're going to start with the one that happened, you know, uh, this morning while most people were asleep. And that is uh, Carlos Correa signing with the Minnesota Twins of all teams for a three-year deal, $105 million. Um, Mind-blowing, Chris. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that's that's how you could describe it. I don't think anyone... I saw could... that when I woke up last night, and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted like, the Minnesota. Like my Twins. prayers were not answered. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, you know, the Yankees were said to have offered a four-year deal. Um, not exactly sure <laughs> what the money looked like. Hold on, I'll tell you right now. I took a screenshot. I'll tell you right now. I took oh, a screenshot boy. of when I found out. Uh, it said the Yankees talked to Carlos Correa about a four-year contract contract with opt-out clauses but a formal offer was actually never made okay so there's your answer um so I know good, John... good job hal good job cashman good job hooray we could have yeah. correa but no you blew it <laughs> i mean yankee yankees twitter was like going crazy this yeah morning. i i tweeted I, I was like about to tweet it out but then i was like i don't want to like look like a fake fan i was gonna tweet out i fucking hate the yankees yeah, uh, it it was tough because it's like the Yankees, you know, got Donaldson, which I, I, I do like that move. You know, it gives us more offense. It gives us a guy that – homer you know, today, so. Yeah, it, it gives us an edge. Like, it gives that fire. Um, but to get a 36-year-old Josh Donaldson opposed to a 27-year-old Carlos Correa who can both impact the same way, um, you know, we definitely helped the twins out because we took fifty million dollars off the books for them. Yeah, and thanks, and got... thanks, Hal and Brian. Thank you. I appreciate you for setting that up for us in a way that we didn't want it to be set up. Thank you, thank you. I'd much rather have fucking Carlos Correa than Josh Donaldson and fucking Falafel. Falafel did pretty good though in in his first game yesterday. I don't yeah. care. I don't care. Let me finish. I really don't care. Um, so we'll dive into the trade that the Yankees made and how it affected the Carlos Correa signing. So a, a couple of days ago, you know, sometime last last week or or, or early this week, 
Um, you know, the Yankees traded with the Twins. They sent Gary Sanchez and Urshela over to the Minnesota Twins for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Josh Donaldson, and Ben Rorvet. Um, Rorvet being a very highly touted defensive catching prospect um, who's looking to make it, you know, in the major leagues this year. I'm assuming that if the Yankees don't make another move for a catcher, that him and uh, Kyle Higashioka will split the time behind the plate. Um, then obviously kind of fluff as right now as the stopgap shortstop and Josh Donaldson, you know, taking her shell spot at third base. Um, that trade didn't necessarily look good when it first happened, but it also didn't necessarily look bad. Yeah. Again. That's like, what I was just going to get. It, it, it didn't, it didn't yeah. seem like, like the, the only thing out on anything. Go ahead. Yeah. Like when I heard that geo was gone, I was a little upset at first, like, but I'm after seeing Donaldson and Falefa play, I, I was just like, okay, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. Then I remembered all the good times I had going to stadium and seeing geo be geo. And I was just like, man, like that's where it hurt. Cause I was actually at, his last game at Yankee Stadium, and I'm always gonna remember that now. So it was probably his last game at Yankee Stadium. Who knows? He might come back, possibly. But man, that was just—that's where—that's the only reason why I didn't really like that first. I doubt. I doubt Geo comes back. Sanchez obviously is done in New York. No, I don't want. I don't fucking want him back. Don't, don't even bring up his name anymore. We're not gonna talk about him anymore. Let's just because he's gone. Let's just get his name out of our mouths. We finally got rid of that freaking. I don't even want to. Let's just move on before I get angry. <laughs> so with that trade, like I was saying before, uh, it didn't necessarily close the door on anything for the Yankees. Um, kind of fluff. It could have been used as a utility guy, da-da-da, like whatever. Um, and people still thought that because Correa was on the way to taking a shorter-term deal, that the Yankees were still a possibility. With the move that the Twins made, and the Twins cleared up over, you know, $50 million to do this move with Carlos Correa, um, obviously the Yankees had said to offer that four-year deal. There was never, like, a formal thing made, like, no no pen and paper, no nothing. Like, um, there were probably, like, some verbal conversations, but nothing was ever scripted. So even though, you know, the Yankees had said that they were in on Seager, and that they were in on Carlos Correa. Uh, sorry, I just started the storm right outside, and I got to close my windows. You're good. So neither of those two guys were ever written a formal offer from the New York Yankees. And obviously the Yankees, you know, at the trade deadline, were linked to Trevor Story over any of those guys because the Rockies were in trade – or the Rockies were in playoff contenders. Meanwhile, the Dodgers and the – Astros were so obviously those two teams wouldn't be looking to trade their prize shortstop at the time. The Yankees are now said to be back in on Trevor Story, and with about four, maybe five teams that are really in on Trevor Story. Um, that includes the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Giants. It looks like the Rockies are back in, and there is one more team, I believe it's the Astros which would make sense because they didn't get Correa back. Um, two of those teams, being the Red Sox and the Astros, are huge rivals of the Yankees. 
And if you really want to stick it to the American League and show that you're still trying to compete, the Yankees have to go out and you know give Trevor Story a deal similar to Correa with the opt-outs. But obviously, Trevor Story is not going to get $105 million over three years. Trevor Story would be lucky to probably get about 70 to 80 million over three years, I think. You know, you get that, you know, opt out. So opt out after one, opt out after two, then free agency after three. I think the Yankees can really work with that. Obviously, that won't take away from a judge extension. That won't take away from Peraza coming up to the MLB. It won't take away from Volpe getting up to the MLB. But if you're going to win now, because you don't know if the Yankees are going to extend Judge, are they going to let him test free agency? Is well, he going to walk? Here's the thing, though. This could this could be the final year of this era of the Yankees to get a World Series. But you do remember that when Hal was asked about – seeing a judge contract extension, he said it was going to happen. I don't believe anything did, until you, I did, see did, it. Did you just forget that? or No, I've seen it, but until it's official and done, my view on it is if Hal says it, it's going to happen. I don't believe Hal at all because I've been a fan of this team my entire life, diehard fan my entire life. And ever since I can remember, except for, you know, the good old times back in like 2009, once George died and Hal took over, you could not believe a word this man said because he never, ever has followed through. And that's why the Yankees have been around since Steinbrenner, since George Steinbrenner has died, and we have not made it to the World Series. We haven't, we haven't even been close. Except for 2017, I wouldn't blame it just on how, but rest that's a to- that's no, a no, topic no. for another Listen, day. Hal is the owner. Hal has all the money. He really does have all the control. Cashman's hands are tied by Hal. If Hal says that he doesn't want to spend the money, Cashman can't go out and spend that money because it's Hal's money. Boone is also yes. I understand that. But it's not it's not just the owner who's to blame for the team's woes. If you have a team that sucks, the team's gonna suck. But I'm not saying we suck. I'm just saying that the players at the caliber they are, only a very select few of them are playing like they fucking want a World Series. And that's why I mean, think the Yankees have trouble. The entire the entire organization, you can you can exclude minor leaguers out of this. But from Hal Steinbrenner all yeah. the way down to anyone that works at the major league level, whether they're players, coaches, Boone, Cashman, trainers included, they all don't give a fucking shit. They all they all don't care. And this is going to be like my little fucking rant. You either fucking step up to the plate this year in 2022 or fucking hand your keys in and hand your fucking Yankee stripes over and walk out the fucking door and never come back. Exactly. I feel the exact same way. Because people are sick and tired of it. the most money out of almost any sports for 
franchise on the fucking planet, and we just never spend it. Yeah, and you know it, it it's tough because obviously a couple of years ago we took on Stan's contract, but Miami Miami ate up a lot of that contract. We paid Garrett Cole. We had to pay Garrett Cole. We needed it. We needed an ace. But now we need more. We had a chance to. We had a chance to get a shortstop. We had a chance to get a good shortstop that was still not going to block Anthony Volpe from making it to the major leagues at some point. And we blew it. We blew it. Trevor well, Story. Still- whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't blow it yet. Yeah. We didn't blow it yet, but we're very, very close to blowing it. Two of the top three are already off the board. Any backup plan after, like, Trevor, there's no there's no backup plan if we don't get Trevor Story. Obviously, Kiner Falefa can play, but is he someone that you really want to have in that lineup 160 games, a, you know, 150 games a year, whatever? Um, it, it's It's looking really tough for the Yankees right now. If they don't get another starting pitcher, they're definitely going to be a third, fourth place team in this AL East. Toronto is better. Tampa Bay is still better, and they don't have their ace. Possibly. And Boston, I, I, Boston might be I, better. If Boston, if Boston goes but, and Boston makes a move, especially if they make a move for Trevor Story or a corner outfielder, they will be a better team than the Yankees. They just need to make a small move. But – I do have a feeling the Yankees are going to make a move. I, I do I mean, they have think – I, I think – Their roster let's just, that 39. Let's, let's, let's be real here. Hal and Brian aren't exactly – well, they are. But, like, they're not exactly the biggest idiots in the world. Like, they obviously want to make a good team. The question is, are the players who are still looking for contracts going to take the money they offer them? If they can get a better deal somewhere else, they're probably not going to come in. Yeah, but still, it's like we really should be able to offer fucking good contracts, especially for Story, because we just have so much fucking money. Like, as the Yankees, the most decorated franchise in the league, the most valuable franchise in the league, like, we definitely should be able to give Story or someone of that nature the money they deserve I just don't understand why it's not happening. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it it takes a long time. Like, you know, negotiations just don't happen overnight. You know, we saw this with the lockout. The lockout took ninety nine exactly, days. Yeah, you're you're not just gonna go to a player, and uh, unless you're Steve Cohen and you have you know unlimited <laughs> money, and you know you tell Max Scherzer that you'll pay him forty three million dollars a year. I mean, anyone well, would that still him. blows my mind. Any, anyone would take that, but, you know, you look at Freddie Freeman, you look at Carlos Correa, you know, you look at, you know, Chris Bryant, you know, all the guys who have just signed this past week or so, you know, they they took their time. And, you know, the one guy who I think was affected the most by this was by the lockout was Freddie Freeman. Um, he, you know, there was a report that came out that, you know, um, and I don't remember what reporter it was, but he talked to Freddie's dad. And um, Freddie's dad said that uh, he was blindsided when, um, like Freddie was blindsided when the Braves traded for Matt Olson. 
he didn't get a call. He didn't get anything from the Braves before they made that. I never deal. heard about this. Yeah. Oh man, that so, sucks, dude. You can only but did you see the? I think it was you that sent it to me. The video of uh, the GM like in tears. Yes, and I mean it's a tough decision for both sides to make, but you know with the contract that Freddie got in, that Freddie got, they could have made that offer to him to keep him around. He's a franchise player, and you know they just lost their franchise. Like, yeah, but yes. that's the weird thing, though. Why the hell didn't they? I don't. I. I don't know if like, they thought that, that he wanted That's more. what I don't understand. Why but didn't they? The thing is, is they stopped negotiation. They couldn't talk those whole lockout. They tried a little bit. I guess the asking price at first was high, and they just gave up, and then, you know, they didn't speak to him again. And, you know, that's that's tough. When, when a player like Freddie, who was drafted by the Braves when he was 17 years old, and now he's 32, he spent almost half his life as an Atlanta Brave. And now just like that, someone else takes your spot in a trade and you weren't even called about it beforehand. That sucks. That sucks. That's Man, I can't I can't even imagine. So I really can't even imagine. Honestly, to the to the Brave, like and I I've never had a problem with the Braves. Like I was really happy when they won the World Series. Like oh yeah, honestly, like I've, I've got, got my happy. Braves hat showing right there. Yeah, like I was happy for Freddie. But after that, that is not what a, a classy type of organization should do to their best player. So how are we going to burn my Braves hat? I am. How are we going to do it? Burning, but I'm, I'm very disappointed in the Braves organization. I hope they, uh, I hope they come out as an organization and, you know, maybe uh, I don't know if they're going to apologize to Freddie. But at least if they can come they out. They really don't need to apologize to Freddie, though. Like, they still did him dirty, but. I don't know. I think Freddie's going like, to. As a franchise, they don't need to. They just made a move. Like, yeah, I, I think, they, I think the, Freddie... the Bulls didn't apologize to Derrick Rose when they traded him out. That's a different story. He got hurt. Freddie was never hurt. But uh, I, yeah, think but Fred, getting, I think uh, anyway. Freddie, Freddie is going to show the Braves how much they're going to miss him this year. And that, that lineup for the Dodgers is another thing that we can talk about real quick before we move into like the next, you know, a couple of signings that happen. That Dodgers lineup is stupid. Best lineup I think we've ever seen in baseball. And they have like eight all-stars, eight former all-stars on that team now. And your first five batters or so is going to be Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner, <laughs> Freddie Freeman, and, you know, either Justin Turner, A.J. Pollock, Chris Taylor. Like, I mean, literally almost everyone in that lineup has at least been an all-star once, excluding Will Smith. But Will Smith is probably going to be an all-star this year. Like, that's how good of a catcher and a young catcher he is. I'm going to tell you a story how my lineup just got turned upside down. Yeah. So that Dodger lineup is scary. Obviously, their rotation is still very good. Their bullpen is still very good, even without Kenley Jansen, which we'll talk about the next group of signing. Kenley Jansen just signed with the Braves. One year, $16 million. Yeah, that was a good move for them. I 
I like the move. I don't like how much money they paid for Jansen. $16 million yeah. is a ton of money for a guy who was very inconsistent the past couple of seasons. Um, so, I mean, they better hope that Kenley goes back to like his prime because Kenley in his prime was great. Kenley the last few years is not someone that deserves a one-year $16 million deal. But I guess the Braves saw it differently. That's what they gave to him. Whatever. Um, you had said earlier the Marlins signed Jorge Soler. Again, don't really like that move for the Marlins. Um, obviously, they were in on Castellanos. Castellanos decided to go to Philly. Um, I think the Marlins should have gone either two other options. They could have gone Conforto. And he could have been great in any outfield position. Solaire's more of like a DH type. Um, or go to Oakland, call the A's, because they've made trade with them, trades with them before, and try to trade for Ramon Laureano. Laureano's still suspended as of right now for PEDs, but he is going to be back at some point this year. And you know, when he's on the field, he's one of the best five tool players in baseball. Great defender, great bat, great speed on the bases. Um, definitely someone that the Marlins should look into a little bit more. Um, so I, yeah, out of 10, I'd probably grade that Solaire signing like a four. I know he had that big homer in the World Series and all that, but that's all he really does. He's really not that productive um, in the outfield. So I don't, I don't know what his role is going to be in Miami. Um, but if he is going to play in the outfield, that's a very big park. Uh, I don't know if he really has the mobility to be, you know, running out there 140, 150 game, <laughs> games a year. I don't know. We'll see, though. Um, and then Castellanos, we'll talk about the Phillies deals. Uh, Castellanos, Schwarber to the Phillies. I love both of those moves. The Phillies needed impact bats. That Nash, that NL East division – was starting to kind of like pull away. Like the Braves and Mets were kind of uh, kind of separating themselves from the remainder of the division. And I think the, the Phillies finally came back in and like tightened it up a little bit. Uh, Cause now you look at that order, you know, maybe like two through six and you got Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, Hoskins, you know, Didi could still be there. You know, they could still add another corner outfielder, you know, or a center fielder. Um, Castellanos and Harper are going to be the corner outfielder. So you can go get a center fielder. You got real Muto behind the plate. Who's one of the best defensive catchers in baseball still. Um, you know, they got, they got a pretty solid team out there. Uh, they got Zach Wheeler, who is a absolute dog on the mound. You know, he threw the most innings last year in the league. He had like 213, um, should have probably won the Cy Young. Didn't get it, but definitely was uh, up there. Aaron Nola, they got a couple guys. You know, they revamped that bullpen with Familia and a couple other guys. So, you know, the Phillies are definitely still trying to compete in that division. You know, they weren't that far off. I think they, you know, finished just a couple games behind the Braves last year. Um, so, you know, there there's a chance that, you know, if the Phillies can stay healthy and, you know, if the Braves fall off without Freddie, you know, and if the Mets don't live up to the hype that they are, uh -oh. there is a very 
very good chance um, that the Phillies could still make the playoffs, especially with the new playoff format. And there's also a very, very good chance I might lose my power in a minute. I think it'll be all right. We just got we just got a flicker. I got a flicker too, but that's not going to do anything. This laptop is wireless; it'll just stop charging. Yeah, my, I mean mine too. But like, if I lose internet, I'm going to be fucked. Well, if that happens and this goes out, we'll have to redo it another day. But yeah, I mean, I mean you've already got a good episode going let's, now, though. Let's let's think positive. Yeah, we're not even close to done because we got on that tyrant. What else am I missing here? Um, Chris Bryant to the Rockies. His career is over. <laughs> seven Ouch. years, seven years, one hundred eighty-two million for him to be in the middle of nowhere with no help. He's got a 30-something-year-old Charlie Blackman who is bound to retire soon, I hope, because he's looking more like an old hillbilly um, Gandalf, <laughs> Gandalf mix every single day. Um, CJ Crone is out there, but again, CJ Crone is not a top 10 first baseman. Um, and then... Outside of Herman Marquez, their pitching rotation is nothing special. I, I I just don't like that move. If if Bryant went there because of the money, I would say he's an idiot. Um, because there were probably a ton of more teams that were interested in Chris Bryant that could have used his his versatility. You know, he plays third, he could play first. Play the outfield, you know, and uh, to see Chris Bryant choose the Rockies of all places just kind of blows my mind. And, you know, I guess if you hope for Chris Bryant's career to be salvaged in any way, you would hope that, you know, Trevor Story would uh, choose the Rockies if he doesn't choose, you know, the Yankees in our case. Um, if he doesn't choose the Yankees, I'm going to cry myself to sleep. Yeah, I mean we're done. We're kind of we're kind of we're kind of screwed, anyways. Um, the Blue Jays. I mean, the Blue Jays training for Matt Chapman isn't like the biggest deal in the world. Um, obviously, I mean they sent back four prospects for him, and like four really good prospects at that. Um, Chapman's offensive numbers really slipped last year. He was one of the worst hitters in the league, honestly, like he, he was not, he did not play well at all. Um, but it, he's still one of the top three defensive third basemen, you know, obviously, you know, the blue Jays knew that they weren't going to get Freddie Freeman. So they pivoted. Um, I think that was a better move for them because, uh, Vladdy can now stay at first base. And even though, even though Vladdy's not great defensively at first base, He's way better at first base than he is third. And that guy can't that guy can't move for shit when he plays third base. So I think Toronto made the right move there. You know, they they said that they're not done. They said that they've been talking to the Guardians about Jose Ramirez. I really don't think that Toronto has enough prospects to to make another 
big splash like that, but you know, you never know. Toronto, Toronto is definitely pushing now with the young core that they have to win now. Um, and at least, you know, as of today, you know, March 19th, you know, they, they definitely look like they are the team to beat in the American league East, um, possibly even the team in the American league. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that uh, pitching rotation necessarily holds up. Um, but if you look at if you look at the six teams in each division, and you know this could be like our our segue away from free agency, and you know looking ahead to the regular season, um, if you saw six teams making the postseason in the American, we'll do the American League first, and uh, give me the three division winners first that you have, and then give me your three wild card teams. So, so you're. So give me give me ALEs first. Like who who who? We're gonna have to say that again ALEs? because you lagged like crazy. Who wins the ALEs? Who wins the ALEs? Uh, well, in terms of like, here's my here's the way I'm basing uh, this. Just who uh, wins? Just who wins? I'm basing off in. In terms of who makes moves, judging by their past behaviors this offseason or previous offseasons, I'm not saying the Blue Jays. I'm also not saying the Yankees. I think low-key, the Red Sox might be the team to beat. Because I have a feeling they are going to have a better chance of landing story than we do. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I hate to say it, they're gonna if they do, if they do get a – Trevor story if they if they do get him like we're we're fucked until like Volpe or a bunch of our prospects can come in and hopefully shift our winning odds and if they're coming out strong and swinging but man it, it really like this is why I'm like nervous now about this offseason because I have a really good feeling that Hal and Brian are not going to spend the money and I do feel like Trevor's story is going to go somewhere else, but my hopes are still up, and I'm going to have a new prayer soon enough, but I'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, no, I, I probably shouldn't do that. I probably shouldn't do it because I ruined it with Correa. So I, I don't know if I want to do that with story. I don't well, want to blow it again. My, Knock on wood. My pick, my pick as, right, as of right now would have to be the Blue Jays. They're the healthiest team in the division right now. Um, there's no big name that I can think of that they have right now that's out that would cost them anything. Um, the Red Sox have Chris Sale out for a little bit. Uh, the Rays have Tyler Glass now, which is a big loss. The Yankees obviously have Herman. Don't know if he would have been a part of the starting rotation. He probably would have. Um, not the biggest injury, but it definitely hurts them when they don't really know what their rotation looks like. So. Going into the season, I think Toronto is a team to beat in the American League East. Um, but let's move on to the AL Central, where I think this is the this is the easiest division. It's like this division isn't good, and there's only like one right answer for this because they're just superior to the rest of the teams in the division. Um, and that's the Chicago White Sox. I mean, you know, yes, they lost Carlos Rodon, but that rotation's still pretty good with Lance Lynn at the top of it. They got Lucas Giolito. 
you know, they got Dylan Cease. They got they got names out there. Um, and obviously that lineup is still good. They have crazy fun in that dugout, you know, led by, you know, Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson. But they got, you know, young stars in Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. You know, they got a lot going their way right now. And if that team, you know, can, you know, obviously, I mean, they're going to win the Central, no doubt. Like, I don't think there's a team that's going to compete with them. But, you know, they can figure it out and, you know, use that. Unless something, like, crazy happens. Yeah, no no shot. It, you know, if they can use that experience. Like, unless they have, like, some kind of, like, torn ACLs or Tommy Johns, then it's going to be, like. Boy, let me finish. I don't think there's any other contender. So, with the postseason experience that they had, which wasn't much, but. It was enough to give them a taste of it and be hungry for more. I could definitely see them, you know, being the best team in the American League this year, like best record and everything. I think I think they're one of the more most consistent teams going back into the year. They kept about their entire team intact besides Rodon. They didn't lose anybody from their lineup. So a lot of that team is back in the same spot. And, you know, they were a really good team last year. I think they're the team in the American League right now that has my vote as, like, the, the number one seed. Um, I guess, you you know, you would probably agree on that, um, at least for, you know, them winning the Central. I don't know about, like, the number one seed, but definitely winning the Central. Yeah, that's a – Pretty easy prediction, honestly. There's the, it's just mind blowing, like how complete that team is. It, is they're not necessarily all the best players, but that team is just deep. Yeah, they're good. They're good. And you know, last team in the American League is the AL West. And you know, going into the offseason, I don't think anyone thought that Carlos Correa was actually. Uh, obviously, no one thought he was going to choose the Twins, but. It, yeah, I think most people. Yeah, that shit came really, out of left field. I was like, I think, the fucking twins. Yeah. Like, I didn't even hear they were in fucking talks with this guy. Yeah. I think most most people thought that it was between the Yankees, the Cubs, and the Astros. Those were the three teams in the very beginning, and you know, towards the end, before the Twins came out of nowhere, they were pretty much the teams that were in on Correa. Um, but I think you know, for the Astros. That is a substantial loss. Um, not enough for them to necessarily miss the playoffs, but enough that Seattle can take that division away. And Seattle has made maybe the best moves in the American League this offseason. They got Robbie Ray. They got Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. You know, they haven't done much, but they have made, you know, significant moves that have improved their rosters without giving up good talent. So if the Astros slip, I think, which they do, um, we don't know what to expect from Verlander. He's 38 coming off of Tommy John. McCullers is coming back from injury, you know, there, there's a lot of factors going into the Astro season. You know, uh, who's who's playing shortstop? 
you know, what what's the chemistry going to be like for that team? And I, I really do think that the Mariners have a really good chance of leapfrogging them and taking that division. I don't think Texas is there just yet. I think Texas needs about a year or two to ramp up some of their young guys to get going. But Seattle's there. Seattle's knocking on the door right now. And obviously they've been linked to, you know, more starting pitching. Uh, they've been linked to, you know, the A's and, and the Reds, you know, for more pitching. So if they make a move for like a Montas or a Manaya or a Castillo and they get them, you can lock me in. Seattle, Seattle Mariners will uh, finally end their playoff drought of 20 plus years and uh, they'll win the ALS. I don't know if you uh, differ from that, if you still think the Astros are the team to beat there. No, they lost their the one half of their one two punch there. Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, the last couple off seasons so, have been tough for them. I mean, you know, they lost George Springer. You know, they were still, you know, a very good team without him. You know, they still made the World Series without him. Correa leaving, that is way bigger in my mind. Like, you know, that's a, a middle of your order lineup. And, you know, that's just something that, you know, if you're the Astros and, you know, you're looking at it now, like, you're just like, damn, like, you know, because they're off, their offer before the lockout ended doesn't look too bad now. You know, they had offered like five years or six years, 175, and Correa had said no. That deal doesn't look so bad now to the three years, 105, but I think, uh, I think the one thing that Correa took that deal for was really the opt-outs, you know. Minnesota is a team that is like looking to compete still because they do think that they have a roster that can do it. Um, and, you know, with the addition of Correa, they're definitely in on trying to win. But, you know, Correa, Correa has a ball in his hands. Like the ball is in his court. You know, he gets to make the decisions the next three years. So realistically, you know, if the twins are bad next year, he could leave and go right back to free agency. Let's say Correa has a bad year. Let's say maybe he's, you know, struggles or is, you know, rattled with injuries. He can stay. You know, it's all on him. It's all on, uh, it's all on how Correa puts his cards out there. Um, so maybe, maybe we see Correa back on the market next winter. Maybe we don't. That's something that obviously people are going to be looking forward to. Um, but I think, you know, the Yankees now – know that Correa is gone. If, if, if you can pivot to story and story is willing to take a short-term deal, take that path and get him. If you find out that story is still looking for a lot, move on, go get another starter, maybe, you know, a starter and a, you know, a corner outfield, like a fourth outfielder, you know, upgrade the bench, whatever you got to do. And finish the offseason, close the books, sign, you know, extend judge, you know, do whatever else you have to do. If you don't get story, you know, you can make that pivot. Um, but the Yankees can't obviously be done yet because they do sit at 39 people on the 40-man roster. So there is some move that is going to come. Nobody knows what it's going to be now. 
Dory is obviously the option that every Yankee fan wants. Um, but if if Story's not the move, if you had to look at another player, whether it's a trade or a signing, who would you want? Who would you want to be the next person the Yankees get? Manaya. Easy as that. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'm going to go position player. And it's so, so underrated. But I keep talking about it because I really do think that it, Are you? it, I really think it's possible just because he hasn't been talked about at all yet. And it, it just almost makes so much sense because, you know, because Brett Gardner hasn't talked to the Yankees at all. I really think the closer and closer we get, Brett Gardner's you know, back. I low key, like honest to God, forgot he was a human being for a minute. <laughs> I think um, I really did. Yeah. So the further we, the closer we get to opening day, and the further we get away from Brett Gardner, I think is ne- not necessarily better for the Yankees, but it is. Um, you know, it's going to make the team younger. Da da da. It gets that whole, oh, he was the last guy from 2009 on the team away from them. Michael Conforto. Why is he not a Yankee yet? He had... Why has he not been talked about yet? uh, Barely at all. Barely at all. He's been linked to the Phillies. He was linked to the Phillies, the Giants, and Marlins for a little bit. Guess what? All those teams got their outfielder. They all passed on Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto is a one young talent still. He's still young. Two left-handed bat. Three proven postseason hitter in New York. What are we waiting for? If if you really think about it, Stan Stan's gonna play a hundred and 30 games at DH. He's probably going to play like 20 games in the outfield. Hicks is bound to get hurt like two weeks into the season. Let's be real. And then you have Aaron Judge and Joey Gallo. There obviously needs to be another option. I don't think the Yankees like Esteban Florio because he's been up and down, up and down, up and down the past couple of years. Frazier's not our problem anymore. Gardner is not coming back. The longer that we wait, he's not coming back. Conforto just makes all the sense in the world for the Yankees. Great defender, solid hitter, has good discipline. He hits for contact. He hits for power. But he knows New York so well. He's, I love- he's been in New York his whole career. Why, why let that slip away from you when – he didn't have the best year last year. You can give him a one-year deal for, let's go, like 16 to $20 million. Maybe even less than that because he's waited around so long to hear stuff. You give him a deal when no one else has offered him anything, he'll sign. He will sign instantly. I know just the way by how Michael Conforto looked the last day that he walked down those steps into the dugout in City Field, that he still wants to be in New York. And obviously there's no room for him on the Mets roster 
but hell, there is spot on the New York Yankees, man. So, Brian I, would Gaffin, be, I, would be, I would like to see him sign. I'd like to see him sign just because I know it would piss off an ex-girlfriend of mine. Or I, I don't want to even say that. I just want to say. If, all right. If he signs, I will be the first person that buys a jersey of him. The moment I sign, I will go on MLB. But, you, but you've, you've also said that about a lot of players. Yeah, but this one, this one is real. It took it took me six years of Michael Conforto's career, six full years, to finally go to City Field and say, I want to see this guy play. Obviously, I went to the game because it was, you know, the 9-11 game. You know, the Yankees were playing the Mets, da-da-da. But I chose right field knowing that two of the best young stars in baseball we're both going to be playing there. You had Aaron Judge there and Michael Conforto right in front of you. Both of them in that game made highlight catches. Conforto robbed a homer and Judge robbed a base hit from Javi Baez. Both of them also hit home runs. Meaningful game to not only baseball, but to New York and to the United States. Both stepped up for their teams in the biggest way and made that day so much fun. If I'm anyone from the Yankees, just reach out. See what's up. You know, he's obviously training somewhere, you know, getting ready for something to get him. Reach out, see what the number is. Obviously, if it, you know, if he's asking for, you know, a multi-year deal. You know, depending on what the, the average annual value is, you know, you can talk about that. But if it's a deal that works and it doesn't hurt it, the outfield is not going to hurt the Yankees. Dominguez is not going to be ready until at least 2024, 2025. There's no one else really in that Yankee farm system right now in the outfield that is probably going to make an immediate impact at the big league level right now. So if Conforto even wants a two- to three-year deal, maybe with like an opt-out in the middle year, why not? Why not just give him a chance? That's low-key a really good dark horse move. That's the big splash there. I I, I didn't really think about that because I honestly forgot he existed too. I'm okay with – I know our infield isn't pretty in all big names, but you got – a previous gold glover at first base who has one of the sweetest lefty swings in the game, who is a proven winner. He has a World Series championship, and he is a leader in the clubhouse. Good move. Second base, you have a 25-year-old kid who had a tough time playing shortstop, but just a couple years back was one of the best young stars in baseball when he played at his primary position. You also have one of the best contact hitters in the game to back him up at second base if things don't go his way. You got a defensive wizard now at shortstop, and we haven't had a good defensive shortstop since Jeter. And even Jeter wasn't the best defensive shortstop. 
And now you have Josh Donaldson at third. Josh Donaldson was those guys, and I know you remember this episode very well of the podcast when we talked about Castellanos and his big dick energy. <laughs> Donaldson can bring that same energy. If you go, if if Yankee fans go and just watch videos of Josh Donaldson, smooth swing, but he backs his guys up. And I think, you know, he has that fire and that intensity that this clubhouse really needed. Um, so I do like the mix-up, and I think Donaldson's going to be very good. Gallo, I hope to God this works out for him, that the shift is banned, and he doesn't have to worry about trying to hit the ball the other way so that he can just, you know, mash the ball now. Um, let's just hope he doesn't strike out a thousand times this year. Then you got Aaron Hicks, who can either – come back and rewrite his whole story as a Yankee if he stays healthy or he could get hurt again and Yankee fans can continue to hate him and you got Judge who is just beloved by all Yankee fans should be the next captain I doubt they're gonna name him the captain this year unless an extension happens yeah I don't, I don't blame you and then you got Stanton then you got you got Big G. But imagine if you take and not nothing against Aaron Hicks. Like I I love Hicks. Like Hicks is great. But hear me out. Judge can slide over to center. Judge has Judge has played center in the past. He showed that he can play very good in center field. So you put him there. Gallo can stay in left because he has the best arm in the outfield that the Yankee of, of Yankee outfielders. He has the best arm, no doubt. Michael Conforto comes in and plays right field. Your lineup looks something like this on a daily. Rizzo, Judge, Glaber, Stanton, Gallo, Donaldson. Conforto. Who am I missing? Connor Falefa and, and Hagier Rory. One through seven is stacked. Eight and nine, I could give two shits about. If Connor Falefa hits 250 plus and he plays amazing <laughs> defense, I'll take it. The catcher position. I just want catchers who can catch the fucking ball behind the plate and catchers that can call a so good we, game. We don't have Hicks anymore, so we don't have to worry about that. I mean, no. What am I saying? Gary Sanchez anymore, so we don't have to worry about that. Hicks Hicks can be on the bench if a guy if a guy needs I was rest. referring to catchers. Like yeah. I that's why I was like, what the fuck I did I just say? Yeah. No, um Hicks is still gonna be on the team. Obviously, <laughs> Hicks doesn't have much trade value, anyways. Um, but he will be on the team. I really do think that he could become a valuable fourth outfielder. And when like when guys need rest days, he can hop in and you know, he'll he'll be that fourth outfielder, but he'll only play center field. So, like, if a guy needs a rest day, no matter who it is, whether it's Gallo, Judge or Conforto, Hicks would hop into center field, and then you just move everybody. If Gallo's off, Conforto goes to left, Judge to right, 
if Judge needs off, it stays the same. And if Conforto needs off, Judge goes to right, Gallo stays in left, and Hicks is in center. It, I mean, it sounds beautiful. Like, Conforto could be a great piece. And I've kind of been waiting since the lockout ended for the Yankees to make an underrated move like that. Um, and I'm, I'm surprised they haven't because it, it fits it fits their style. It fits, like, kind of how they're going about this offseason. And it definitely fits money-wise because Conforto's not going to – not going to get a huge contract from anybody, especially after the year he had last year. But, you know, obviously pitching, pitching is another thing. If I had, if I didn't pick Conforto, it probably would have been a pitcher from the A's. I'm fine with Manaya. Uh, I love Montas though. So I'd rather Montas obviously would cost more because Montas has an extra year of control. So, do I think the Yankees get Montas? No. Do I think they get Manaya? Yes. Manaya is a free agent after the year. Um, and it's just, it, I think it would bring good balance to the rotation. I have another lefty there. Um, Montgomery could be really good in the back end, but to have Manaya as a left-hander in the front end, you know, you could, you could go out there and start the season with your starting rotation as Cole Manaya you know, Sevi Monty and Tyon and feel comfortable about that. You know, that's a rotation where, you know, if you're if your top seven guys in the lineup are mashing, you know, you could be fine, you know, giving up, you know, three runs a game. And I think, you know, with the with the catch the defensive catching improvements this offseason, I think Yankee pitchers are gonna be a lot more comfortable on the mound. And they're not going to be scared to throw off speed. And they're not going to be afraid to throw the ball in the dirt because they know that they have good guys behind the plate who can block the ball. They can frame very well. Um, so I, I don't think you're going to see as much, like, not, not that you're not going to see fastballs, obviously. Like, you're going to see them throw hard. Um, but you're going to see a lot more you know, mixed pitches and, you know, very like mixed signals and signs. Um, it's going to be a very different season from the Yankees. And awesome. you know, I think, uh, I think the pitching rotation, you know, they were good last sure. year. You know, the pitching rotation looked good last year. I think they take a step up this year. Um, I think, you know, they'll look good, but they definitely do need an addition. They need someone who can eat up a lot of innings. Um, Anaya can definitely do that. Montas can definitely do that. Um, Castillo can do that. Uh, I just think Castillo is still going to cost a lot from the Reds. So, okay. I'm kind of like falling back to earth with that, that the Yankees aren't going to get him. Um, but the Yankees got to make the move. Got to make the move for a pitcher from the A's. Manaya, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted want Red Sox killer. Yeah, that about wraps it up. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, yeah, Trevor no, Story didn't sign while we were on. That's... Yeah, no, no news on Trevor Story yet. Hopefully, hopefully that breaks soon because I mean, Carlos Correa is signed. Like the market for Trevor Story is absolutely set. Uh, it really just comes down to 
what are teams going to offer him and which where does he really want to be? Hopefully it's the stadium that is right there behind me that is oh so beautiful and I can't wait to be back there on April 13th. Which yes, will be the first, both. That will be the first game that the Pinstripe Pals are at for the 2020. Anyone's season. listening who's going to be at that game, yep. and it's in the DM. Know. If not, if not, buy your tickets. It's a a Wednesday night. If you game. don't, if you're a dump, if you don't, you're you're right. You're, Wednesday Wednesday night game seven oh five. Chump. If you guys are out on a good time, tickets are cheap. You know, it's a it's an afternoon game in April. Tickets aren't going to be that much, so you know if you're not doing anything, if you're if you're just going to be home watching the game, why not just go to the stadium and watch it? It's a or if you're if you're or if you're going to be a chump and stay home, just see if you can find us out in right field. Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, I'm probably gonna make a jersey purchase before then. I don't know who it's going to be yet. Oh. But I will definitely make sure that I have a new jersey to rock. Um, for that, here's game. what you're going to look for to find me. You're going to look for a massive stack of rainbow Yankee hats. My purple, my red, my orange, my yellow, my green, my blue, and my indigo. You're going to see them all. I'm going to bring them all. I'm going to bring them in a bag, and I every now and then I'm just going to put them all on. So that's what you got to look for when I'm when you're on TV. Yeah, we're gonna so, we're gonna get uh, Chris here to be fan of the game, so that that could be the next highlight on our podcast um very soon too um we are trying to get that phone line up so you know once we get that up we definitely want you guys to start uh calling in leaving some voicemails um obviously the podcast is going to be so much fun uh when we now get that we're going to be starting season, in a season because then we're just gonna you know it's just going to be more authentic it's like we're going to rant about, you know, how good the team is or how bad the team is, how good a player is doing or how bad someone's doing. Um, yeah, it's it's something that, you know, we can't wait to get to. Because once we started the podcast, the season was already over. So there was none of that to really talk about. We just we just talked about how shitty that wild card game was. Oh, yeah. But now, you know, that's in the back burner. Spring training has started. Um and you know we're just ready. We're <laughs> we're so amped up. I know I'm amped up for you know opening day. Um, I don't work. I will not be attending the game because the ticket prices are just so so crazy. Um, obviously because it's Yankees Red Sox, you know it's opening day. Da da da. Um, but best believe, you know I've thought of the idea, and uh, Chris, I didn't actually get to tell you this, but uh. We are going to do a uh, a Zoom watch party. So if you're available April 7th around 105, let us know. It's a Thursday, so you will be working, sadly. So I definitely won't be. <laughs> he said definitely won't be. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because so, I will be at work. Yep. But I'll be on. Um, so, you know, we'll get a little watch party going to watch the game. And you know, cheer on our uh, our favorite team that we all love that just you know disappoints year after year. Um, but hopefully this year is different. You know, hopefully they. I think their best move is to not bring Brett Gardner back, just because it rem- it it reminds them so much 
of this. And we need to get over this. All you Yankee fans that just keep saying this number over and over every time you argue with someone. Stop. We're going to stop. We're trying to make it 28 this year. So just let it go. But when you argue with people about the New York Yankees, you guys need some actual facts. Stop just saying, oh, we have 27 world championships because we haven't done diddly shit since 2009. (laughs) But this is the year that it changes. We're underdogs. (laughs) Our team does not look as good as other teams do on paper, but you look you look back to to certain teams and you know there 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 are a ton of teams that have won world series that have not been super stacked i mean you could go back as as close as 2019 the washington nationals weren't a great team they were four outs away from being eliminated in the NL wild card game juan soto had that base clearing double and then they went on and won the World Series. They were like that underdog team that was like the next man up. And they delivered time and time again. Um, so I think, you know, the Yankees are in that stage again where they're like a, a underdog team going into the season, thinking that they're going to be, you know, one of the last wildcard teams or potentially miss the playoffs. The Yankees don't miss the playoffs. They really don't. Um, obviously, it's going to be uh, an interesting season, you know, with the Blue Jays being very good, Boston obviously being very good, Tampa being very good. About you know, you just got to believe. You know, I'm stealing <laughs> stealing the Mets slogan here. You just got to believe. You know, believe in our team, believe in the Yankees, and you know, next time we hop on here, hopefully, there's some more Yankee signings. You know. Praying to God, Trevor Story, uh, Michael Conforto, and a, and a pitcher. And you know, if we got if we got all th- three of those things, or at least uh, two of the three of those things, I think that would be a successful offseason, don't you think, Chris? Absolutely. Yeah. Any any big signing now that's going to benefit the team in any way, shape, or form that's not Carlos Correa is going to be a successful offseason. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, So, yeah, that about wraps things up, guys. We will be back on next week. Definitely back on before April 1st. Um, We do have some ideas in mind. We got to start looking into Photoshop and actually, like, doing stuff. Uh, First shirt concept that we want to really get going is uh, kind of falafel and do, like, some type of, like, falafel concept with it. Uh, I think that would bring some joy to Yankee fans, you know, make that situation of bringing a Falefa aboard um, a little bit more fun, you know, so uh, look for, you know, look for us to, you know, drop an idea. Um, Maybe we'll make multiple options and you guys can vote on our Instagram page. Um, And if you listen to this and you don't follow the Instagram, we don't follow any of the social media. It's at the house. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, you can listen to this on Apple Music, Spotify, Google, blah, whatever the fuck you want to listen to that we're on. Go ahead, listen to it. You know, drop a like, drop a comment, drop a rate, review. I know multiple we suck. comments, multiple I, likes. I know we suck, but we're trying. Um, and yeah, 
you know, just anything you guys want to say, if you guys ever are interested in anything, just let us know. And last thing, fantasy baseball league, we want to get that draft in about April 1st. We have eight spots remaining. Um, so again, if you're interested or if you know anyone that's interested, that is a content creator, please let us know, you know, give them, uh, have them DM us at the pinstripe.pals and we will send them the link to join eight teams. It's a free league. Let's get it going. Super excited. And I'm ready for baseball. I think Chris is as well. That's it for this episode, episode 14. See you guys in a week. Chris, do you want to close us out with uh, something new? I don't want to jinx it, man. <laughs> I, really, I really don't. So, with that, guys. In the name Chris. of Judge Stan and not Trevor. <laughs> story. We're, we're, we're out of here. Out of here, guys. Let's go, Yankees. <laughs> We're coming, coming, coming to the Bronx soon, April seventh, boys. April seventh. All right, guys. Have now a good we're day. going to be in the Bronx April thirteenth. Yes, but the boys are back April seventh. Make sure you're watching. You don't want to miss a. You don't want to miss a thing. All right, we're out. I won't be watching. Guys.